0: Welcome to another edition of the Locked on Wizards podcast, Ben Standing here, uh, hope you guys are doing well, we are one day closer to the Thanksgiving holiday, which also means we're getting a little bit closer to the Wizards playing the Charlotte Hornets Wednesday night in Charlotte, um, we're going to talk a little bit about that here, but mostly I'm going to play for you guys part of my conversation with... Big friend of the podcast, Mr. Patrick Ruby. Patrick and I talked today well over an hour. So what I decided to do was I'm going to play the first 20 minutes of that here. He and I, basically Patrick ran the show today on the the podcast. He uh, broke it down into the good, the bad, and the concerning. Uh, And the good part, some of the good part I'm going to play for you, primarily about Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre, what he likes out of them, what he's seeing, and we talked about the future of the Wizards with us too. If you want to hear the entire podcast, I'm going to put that up on my new college basketball podcast. Although I guess I'm really viewing it as more of basketball. E- well, look, the podcast is called Basketball in the DMV. I didn't limit myself to college basketball with the headline, with the, with that title. But um, so far, it's been college. In any event, I'm going to put the full podcast up there tonight as well. So you can hear that if you haven't already checked it out, would definitely appreciate it. If you did so, uh, doing a little bit of a crowdfunding situation there, but if you go check it out on patreon.com forward slash Ben standing, that's p a t r e o n P A T R E O N.com forward slash Ben standing. And all the details will be there. Um, and as always, you can find all of our podcasts on iTunes, had back-to-back good ones this week with our friends from Truth About It, Adam Rubin and Connor Dirks. Connor helped me break down the Wizards' win uh, Monday over Milwaukee. Now, the Wizards, they close out this three-game road trip Wednesday against Charlotte. Uh, look, obviously just at a base level, you want, you know, the, this is already a big break. This is really, you know, from the NBA perspective. But, you know, it does feel on some level once we get to Thanksgiving, I, I've said to you guys, I think 20 games from a statistical standpoint sort of puts an end to the notion that we're just getting started. At 20 games, you started to get a sense of where these teams are. But I also think on some level with Thanksgiving, it does sort of, sort of put aside that first part of the season. The Wizards are 10 and 7, so they will have played 18 games while you get to Thanksgiving. You know, it's not quite a quarter of the way, but close enough. So it'd be good for the Wizards to get out here with a, uh, with a win. It's not going to be easy though. Uh, I, Charlotte, if you look at their last two games, kind of interesting. Now, l- let's back it up here. Charlotte had a not one, not two, not three, a six-game losing streak, including losses losses to Chicago, not a great team, but they lost to a bunch of good teams, the Spurs, uh, Celtics, Cavs, among them. But the last two games, both at home, they beat the Clippers, who are reeling. But what not regardless, they beat the Clippers by 15, and then they beat the Timberwolves by 16. Dwight Howard had 25 points and 20 rebounds. The, uh, those two wins got Charlotte up to seven and nine. Uh, Kemba Walker is, I, I maybe it's says my, uh, uh, affection or affinity, whatever you want to say for uh, Charlotte coach, uh, Steve Clifford. I always enjoy when he comes here, uh, listening to him talk about his team in the NBA. So I'm always be- uh, something of a believer, I guess, in Charlotte, uh, the, the, the Dwight Howard situation, I thought it was a good fit for them, uh, simply because, he, the way Atlanta was trying to play last year was, was sort of spread the court. He just doesn't work for them. But Charlotte's more of a, de- a defensive, grinded-out team. And, you know, he's averaging 14.6 points and 12.9 rebounds. You know, obviously, I think and Gortat has matched up fairly well against Howard uh, over the last, uh, you know, a few years. And he certainly did in the playoffs. Kemba Walker, you know, one of the NBA's uh, better point guards, averaging 22.9 points. How about Jeremy Lamb? My guy, Jeremy Lamb. I say my guy because I really liked him coming out of Connecticut. And that hasn't quite hit for him, but he's averaging 16 points right now, shooting 41% from the field. Just looking at some quick stats, the, where Charlotte is winning right now is on the defensive end. They are fifth in the NBA right now, holding opponents to 43.6% shooting from the field. Other than that, they're dead, they're dead middle of the pack in scoring points and holding the opposition uh the you know the key, obviously a big key for the Wizards is going to be you know what we make of John Wall's health he was good against Milwaukee but you can kind of tell he wasn't all the way back uh for sure so uh you know against Kemba Walker you know the Kemba Walker's the guy who gives you know he gives everybody fits and uh <clears throat> you know we'll see what John Wall's got to have hopefully Charlotte Arena is warm, so that knee of his is feeling uh, is feeling good. That's probably the most interesting thing right now about the Wizards. On some level, is what's the deal with John Wall's knee? Patrick and I talked about that a bunch as well on the podcast. If you listen to the whole part of it over on uh, Patreon.com forward slash Ben Standing. Uh, as a, as a quick reminder, last year the Wizards they uh, won the season series. Three to one. That included winning, splitting the two games in Charlotte. So, you know, look, bottom line is this is a good opportunity for the Wizards. You know, build some momentum. After Thanksgiving, Saturday they host Portland. And then there's still a bunch more road games to come. And the reality is, you know, when you, you know, I talked about this with Connor. When you lose some of those games, you lost to Dallas, Phoenix, and so on. You gotta make it up somewhere along the way. I wouldn't necessarily say winning at Charlotte counts as a makeup, but it's better than losing, obviously. And look, I think, you know, Charlotte's a team that's gonna, you know, be in the mix for the postseason. Uh, the, clearly, they've been playing better the last couple of games. It looks like from, uh, they're also been doing a better job of spreading, uh, spreading the wealth in these last couple of games. So, uh, interesting test for sure, to see what the Wizards can uh, can get done. Uh, before I get to my conversation with Patrick Ruby here on the Locked on Wizards podcast, we've got a sponsor read I need to let you guys know about, and that is from MyBookie. Yes, holiday cash, you need it. I, I certainly do. And I know where to get it. MyBookie is the place to score serious cash on your sports predictions. I would just say if you're into that, you're into the sports predictions. This is something you should, uh, I guess, at least consider. Uh, you know, we obviously know there's parties, there's gifts, there's spending, and you know what? We also know this week there's a lot of football on, not to mention basketball and hockey, and so on. Uh, play like the pros on game day, and you can play the money line side or total with my bookie, which is here to, to hook you up with all of your betting needs and offer super fast payouts when you win. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting the games, you got to go to MyBookie. Uh, it's MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag. They have odds in every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. Here's how you do it. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with a 50% Bonus, if you use promo code LOCKED ON NBA, that will activate your offer. So visit mybookie.ag today. Use the promo code LOCKED ON NBA. You play, you win, you get paid, and I'll just add it with that. Good luck if you do it. Uh, leave it at that. Alright, so let's get into it. As I said, I'm gonna play for you guys the first about 20 minutes or so of my conversation with Patrick Ruby. We went long. Well, as I said, well over an, over an hour, and I'll put that whole conversation up on Patreon.com forward slash Ben Standing. This is the the opening twenty minutes, second or so of the conversation. Again, it's primarily about uh, Otto Porter and Kelly Ubre, and uh, I always enjoy talking with, with, with Patrick. You know, obviously he's a very talented writer. He knows his stuff. He was on the podcast multiple times with me uh, already, and uh, I've always enjoyed it, uh, and I was excited that he wants to uh, come on and be a part of this uh, silliness that we call the uh, Locked on Wizards podcast, so here we go, listen, I'm let me not dawdle anymore, here is our friend Patrick Ruby, by the way, you can follow Patrick on Twitter, he is at Patrick underscore Ruby, H-R-U-B-Y, all right, here we go, let's talk Wizards, all right. As promised, with me, uh, what is this? Your third? No, th- what third or fourth time on the on the podcast? Wh-
1: I think wh- it's my third.
0: Third, okay, third time. I, I, I should. Uh, this is uh Mr. Patrick Ruby at, on Twitter at Patrick underscore Ruby. There's an H in front of the R. You already know that. Uh, fun fact: in the so we've now done 320 odd podcasts in a little over a year, which Says something about my life. Uh, the, the first one we did with you was the most downloaded one according, that I ever did according to the people who tell me these things.
1: That's terrific. So,
0: yeah. so, I mean, I'm, I, I'm glad I told you this before we negotiated this contract. <laughs> Otherwise I might have had to have, uh, you know, pay up more, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, excited to get you back because obviously the people need to know your, your, your take. Uh, first and foremost, people I sure just want to know you. How's life? We're doing all right over here?
1: Things are good. Uh, you know, I used to be at Vice Sports that uh, downsized over the summer, tragically and unfortunately. Uh, that's the nature of the media business. But, you know, I'm doing well, working on lots of different freelance things. Uh, you will see me in the Washingtonian magazine relatively soon with the Patrick Ewing feature. And you'll see me in other places with other features sort of going forward. Uh, can't announce them just yet because they're big projects that are sort of secret until they won't be.
0: Secret projects. That that that. I mean, come on. Already, I'm intrigued. All right, secret projects. I'm going people of the internet. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on him for you. I'll, I'll see what I can get out of him. All right. There's no there's no secret. You, you, there's no secret how you feel about the wizard. You're very open about your take, and we're gonna get those official takes here. You, you said to me, let's let's get this going because I we talked about like okay, you coming on? And you're like I'm like whenever you want to come on. You're like okay great, let's do this. Come over. I got a list. So literally. Probably in the first time in the history of this podcast, I have no agenda. You're going to, like, take us down the if path, I, whatever you want right. to go down.
1: I came with an agenda. I haven't yes. yet had here with a small list because we're about, what, we're about to the 20-game mark.
0: So we're so talking the Wizards uh, just yesterday won at Milwaukee. That's right. They're going to close out the thank- pre-Thanksgiving part Wednesday against Charlotte, so you'll probably hear this before that. Um Yada yada yada, and, yeah. then, and it'll be 20 games. Will be the beginning of next week, which is what I always kind of say is sort of the, uh, you know, the the, the the early part of the season's over. We sort of have a sense of what we are, but it's close enough so we we can we can get to that, and that's what uh, you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, a lot can change, but it is well enough into the season that we can make some judgments and we can start getting an idea of like what this season's all about. Uh, and I, to me, it's sort of like the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I think we've seen all of that so far. And those are things I'm gonna look at. You know. On the positive side, the good side, the thing that I am most encouraged with, and I would think other fans are too, is sort of the development of the three young wings on this team. And by the way, that's really important, not just because they're three of the most talented players and three of the best players, but also, as we see, that's the most important position now in the modern NBA. You have to have wings. You have to have a lot of them. They have to be good. They have to be two-way players. And,
0: and just for those who anybody who's confused at the moment – uh, we're, obviously we're talking about, uh, Mike Scott, Thomas, all right, no, just kidding.
1: Uh, oh, poor course the free saddle movement, I'm sorry, <laughs> guys, I know you're out there and I was, I wanted to be part of it too. And I, I'm one of those nerds that was watching like YouTube clips of his time in Barcelona and imagining maybe we can get a really, really poor man's Ginobili here, but I don't think it's going to happen. Nothing against him. I like his effort. I, he looks really good in Europe. I'm just not sure he's got what it takes to really stick and have an impact in the NBA. I think he can find a place on a roster that may not have an impact, but that's, that's not the good. That's not right. the three guys trying. We're, we're talking about Otto Porter. We're talking about Kelly Oubre. and we're talking about Brad Beal. And they all look to me much improved and in ways that we need to see them improve. You know, I actually want to start with Otto. Um, I just see that consistency night after night. It doesn't look like his hips bothering him anymore. Which is a big thing.
0: Uh, you know, now that you said that, I mean, it it hasn't even been a topic of conversation at all. Right. Uh, maybe that's dereliction of duty on our end, but I, it hasn't, I haven't thought to myself, boy, he's looking iffy out there. We haven't seen
1: him on the bike, you know, when he's, when he's pulled off a game, he hasn't looked a little like, you know, Otto is not the most explosive athlete, but he had, when he was hurt, you could tell, you could even see him slowing down. Um, he just, to me, he is always been described as a glue guy, but he's like the ultimate glue guy now. Like, he's doing everything for the team. Like, both ends of the floor. Yeah, he's not, he's not a great one-on-one scorer. He's not a great one-on-one defender. Uh, and people on the message boards will beat him up forever over that. Because, okay, LeBron can truck right through him. Well, LeBron can truck through everybody. We've talked about that, you know. Just out of
0: curiosity, what message boards are you, uh, trafficking?
1: Oh god, I'm, I'm on all of them. I mean, I'm not a poster, but I'm a lurker. So we're talking real GM? See, every, shout out to the shout out to that small crew there. I need to go look at that because people tell me about
0: that. They ask me if I put my stories up there. I'm like, uh, no, I get Those, maybe those I guys,
1: could. those guys honestly would have done a better job drafting over the last decade <laughs> than the current management, but that's not here though there. Um, you know, Bolts Forever, I like to look at the, uh, the posters there. Um, and some of the ones on Reddit too. You get, you get a good variety. I, I think it's really important not only to just to see what people are thinking, but also like, I, I really enjoy like the written version of sports talk radio that you get on there, and since the wizards are never discussed on sports talk radio here, like I enjoy the overreactions, I enjoy the hot takes, <laughs> I enjoy the running arguments between certain posters. All that to me is like just ter- it's like an added value of entertainment to the actual game. Sir. Sure. So you know, but uh, game out to Otto. I'm so encouraged by not just his shooting, but like I said, everything. I mean, his shooting—it's real, it's legit, it's consistent. Um, But everything else, you know, he seems confident. He seems – I wouldn't say he's out there barking orders and leading people around, but he does. Doesn't he seem like a little bit more of a leader on the court than he used to be? Uh, Yeah, still, He's still still deferential in terms of his style of play, but I don't think he's deferential in terms of being a piece on his team anymore.
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, I've said this before. He looks like a guy who just feels – forget basketball. He just looks like a human being who feels more comfortable in his own skin. Right. Um, He said that – the, uh, the, the, the contract helped him with that, which you mm-hmm. know, a lot of times people think, oh, it's going to be the opposite. He's going to not do his help much. Mm-hmm. I think for him, it went the other way. Um, he's always been a yes, sir kind of a player. And yeah, he just looks more comfortable and confident. And, uh, yeah, there's, you see him being, especially when he's with the second unit, you see him, like you said, it's not a guy he's going to take 20 shots, but right. he's being, you know, more clappy. He's being more, you know, let's go guys. And didn't that that wasn't him, you know, even at Georgetown when he was clearly the best guy. You didn't see that going on. So, yeah, you see him as growing as a person, which is when we're Mm -hmm. seeing it out on the court.
1: I mean, really, I would like to see him take 20 shots, honestly, because I think he's still a good – he's a good enough shooter. Yeah, it would drop his efficiency a little bit, but I think we'd get back in terms of more offense. And I think he will over time. I think he'll start getting more aggressive. I think he's taking that first step towards – you know, the number of shots with, when he's got even a somewhat open look, there's no hesitation now. Like, he fires away. Like, and that's, that's changed this year versus last year. That's a really encouraging sign. Again, baby steps towards then actually maybe taking some bad shots once in a while. The, the thing I would love to see more from Otto. Well, just to say, yeah.
0: like, in terms of you mentioned the hip before, we had, you know, last year, obviously, Otto was leading the NBA in three-point shooting at the break or right. first or second or whatever. And then it tailed off the right. second half of the year. And, you know, there was some question, well, how much was the hip? I know right. the league figures things out. Okay, well we're almost 20 games in. He's 50. percent I don't have the yeah. exact number in front of me, but he's about 50 percent from three. So right. he's clearly back to where he was, which is obviously a, a tremendous sign. I, teams are aware. I mean, yeah. this, 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 last year there was a one. There was a team that said he wasn't even on their scouting report. I remember. Clearly, that's not the case anymore. So he's getting it done. And
1: yeah, and when I, when I see with his shot, I mean, look, he doesn't have the most beautiful form the way Beal does, but his shot is incredibly. The form is incredibly consistent the same time, it's, there's not a lot of weird hitches and like funkiness in his motion and his follow through. And he, Otto is not just tall. He's really long. And the way he sort of chambers and shoots the ball, you can see he can shoot over almost anybody. I mean, that is one reason why one thing you notice, not only in the three pointers, but when he takes out once, like maybe it takes one dribble or one step in and takes that mid ranger. And usually that's a bad shot for most players, but for him, it's a pretty good shot. And I think again, is that he just shoot over the top of almost anybody you know, so the things that I'm hoping to see with his development this year is I'm hoping we're gonna to continue to see that aggressiveness. Uh obviously he still fills it up in terms of getting rebounds, deflections. he's was he he's one of the top steel guys in the league right now, right?
0: Yeah, uh uh doing we're doing this without the internet, which is rare for any two humans to do at any point in time. But uh yeah, I mean he's he's been up there, but I mean, he was among the league leaders in steals and deflections when I looked at these things the other right. day. Uh and steals is always a stat where, you know, you get Caution people and say, just because you get a lot of steals doesn't mean you're a great defender. Right. And you're right, he's not a tremendous one-on-one defender, but his instincts, I mean literally he and Ubre are the most diametrically opposed in every way, shape, if or form. If you combine
1: those guys into one player, <laughs> right, right. they'd it's be unbelievable.
0: Right. Otto's instincts, I, I would compare almost to, you know, you, you want to tell me LeBron or somebody is better. Okay, but like, uh, uh, you know, he, he's pretty elite, I think, with his instincts, where Ubre is uh, definitely work in progress. Right. But, uh, yeah, so he makes up for his lack of certain parts of his athleticism. He's not the biggest guy. Right. I mean, he's arguably to me, pound for pound, the best rebounder on the team. He's consistently yep. getting eight to ten a game he now. Is. And look at him. I asked him the other day, I'm like, when you came to the league, did you ever think you'd be playing power forward? He's right. like,
1: No. But you know, that's his I think that that's the great thing is that's his ultimate what the best thing about Marquise Morris being hurt to start the year was getting to see that Otto Ubre lineup have to play more together. And to me that's the future of the Wizards because that's the future of the league. Otto's Ultimate destiny is to be a four, or just you know, the i mean, because wings are interchangeable now. Like, we, we, we're so far away from the era of like PJ Brown and Charles Oakley and like 90s power forwards, just being in there, like throwing bows and grabbing boards and just being like just big, buff, like rugged dudes. Like, we're just not that's not basketball anymore. Um, there's very few of those guys left, and like I said, I mean. Otto is never going to be, like, a big, muscular dude. But he's definitely stronger. You can see it. He's he's still going to fill out a little more. still going to get a little bit stronger. And I think, you know, what is he, 24? Yeah, about we I mean, we're not, we're not – he's still two way, two years away from his prime years. So, I mean, that's something to be really optimistic about. I mean, Otto, I think, like I said, I think mean, he's going to be a four for this team in the future. I think he's going to be a great one. I mean, he's already pretty good when he plays it now. Um,
0: you know, one thing we talk about – Typically, when you talk about the young players developing on a team, you're often talking about guys who are probably not the main players. You're Mm -hmm. talking about guys who are on the bench, coming up, whatever. Sort of the way Ubre is. Mm -hmm. But in the case of the Wizards, other than Gortat, all their starters are 28 and under. And if you move sort of Marquise out of that, uh, you know, Wall and Beal and Otto in particular, it doesn't feel like they've come close to reaching their ceiling. I'm not saying Wall has either, but he's a four-time All-Star. We kind of have a sense of where he is and... You know, other than his improving his three-point shot, right. it's sort of, you know. So, th- the growth for the Wizards is with their best players. That's right. Which is both exciting and terrifying and, at the same and time. the
1: best thing is, like I said, it's the three, it's the three wings who are the, playing the most position, the most poor position now in basketball. So, like, without him, really happy. I hope to see this season, too, that he, um, you know, when they hide a small player on him, he takes him to the post a little bit or at least just shoots over him. I see a little bit more of that this year so far. Right. That's a really good sign. I've seen some times where he's actually, cause he's been playing that, that role, like auto plus bench. We've seen a few plays. I'd like to see more of it where he's the one with the ball in his hands on a pick and roll, where he's doing a little bit of dribble driving and distributing. He's not great at it all the time. I think he's got good instincts. Sometimes again, his lack of sort of strength and explosive athleticism can work against him on that, but let him develop that part of his game more. Like it's useful to have even just as a changeup, right? It's good to have Otto not just always standing in the corner and or making opportunistic cuts. He's capable of more. We can see it. But I think he needs those reps, right? He needs to learn when he can and can't do that. And he's so smart. I think you'll figure it out quicker than a lot of players do when they're sort of extending what they can actually do on the floor. I'm really encouraged. You know, the max contract, um, is he ever going to like produce at the level of a max player like LeBron James or something? Probably not. You know, not many people do. But Keeping him versus not keeping him, I mean, it, I never, like, I was like you. It was never even a question to me. I'm glad they did. If anything, I wish they had gotten him for five years. And I don't think Otto Porter is going to be a guy going forward that if for some reason you had to move him, I think you would get value in return. I, I just I don't, I don't see anything about him being an albatross. I'm like, very happy with where he's at. Ubre, let's talk about Kelly. We were mentioning earlier in terms of he's still really up and down which is what you would expect from someone who's 21 and came in sort of so raw in terms of his basketball so IQ. Raw. He was so raw.
0: He's so raw. I think Rocky Balboa was like punching him but, in the. Yeah.
1: But two things that have really, Sorry, three things that hook. impressed me. No, no three things that have impressed me. I know really God, three things that impressed me about him. It, it, and I, to me, he's improving exactly the way you'd want to see. Um, when he is playing well, his highs are so much better than they were before. You know he still has stinker games. I mean he was he was called out by by Carol Lawson in that Toronto game, deservedly so. He looked completely lost. He looked like rookie year Ubre. He's gonna have some of those nights, but as we saw in Milwaukee, he's gonna have really good nights too. His shot looks completely rebuilt. I'm not saying he was. He's he's pretty high. He's in the high mid 40s right now in three point shooting, something like that. Yeah, he was met. over
0: 40 going into last night's right. game, and he shot pretty well with a three for five. So, I think. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure that's sustainable. But I don't think he's going to be a 29% three-point shooter anymore. That shot looks pretty good to me. He's shooting a lot of confidence and his form actually looks repeatable and consistent. Like, props to Drew Hanlon. Like, Drew Hamlin is getting it done with the guys that are putting the work with him, I have to say. Um, so I'm really impressed with that. And I'm impressed with He puts the ball on the deck sometimes now, and it's not always a disaster, which sounds like condescending, but no, I mean, like his rookie year, every time he put it on the deck, it was like he was just going to run to someone, staying with their arms up straight, and it was going to be a disaster. And last year, you mostly didn't want him dribbling. This year, sometimes he still... Makes very bad plays off the dribble. There's one in particular, he tried to sort of take it against LeBron. Do you remember this? And sort of fell down. It kind of looked like when you're 10 and you're trying to drive on your dad and he's right. just kind of laughing at you as you do it. But there's also that, that play, was it against Sacramento? The one where he did a crossover and drove down the middle of and dunked on everybody. Yeah. And it was smooth and it looked good. And it wasn't like I can only go to my left and only use my left hand. Like he's definitely improving. And I never expect, you know, in my mind, He's going to become a great 3 and D wing. But if he adds any sort of ability to handle the ball on top of that, and it looks like at least he's adding a little bit, and he's only 21, that's going to be great for the Wizards. So again, he's not there yet where he can be that playmaker that you have talked about many times on this podcast that the bench really needs. I don't think he can do that yet. But at least you can squint your eyes and look into the future and be like, well, maybe he could become that or at least become a secondary playmaker. That'd be really great. And even if he doesn't, What he's providing now is good. So let's just hope he keeps more reps, getting smarter, consistent shot, and he fits really well with Otto.
0: So one thing I think is interesting about Uber that it's way too early on some level to discuss it, but you made the point of, Okay, we can now start to see a, a more fully formed mm-hmm. player and not somebody like, look, let's just not forget, it wasn't that long ago, Scott Brooks didn't play him in game seven because he wouldn't right. trust him. And you know, and I- he I'm, had
1: some knee thing, supposedly.
0: He had some knee thing, but he played up until the whole series. Yeah. He didn't play the last few games. The way it sounds to me, at least, might be a little bit of a factor, but I don't, I don't think Brooks trusts him and honestly I don't blame him. his, 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 uh, Advanced stats were historically awful in the postseason. So, yeah. But, like, we're getting to the point where, okay, you can feel more comfortable with him in certain ways. I still wonder about him at the end of the game, but, okay. He's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. I mean, this is the – This is year three. This is year three. So, this is the point where you can start to – Pick up his
1: option. So, he's 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 here next year for sure. But
0: I'm just saying we're getting to the point where they have to look ahead a little bit. Like, what is he going to be? Like, how – how do they – like we keep talking and we're all talking about well, what else are they going to do? How, right. Well, that's something to at least hypothetically consider. We're going to look further down the line. Right. The other three guys, unless they make a trade, are here for a while. Yes. So what are you doing with Ubre? Are you paying him what he presumably would get in the open market, which would be at this at this rate, a lot of money? Uh, again, not saying it's something you have yeah. to deal with today. Well, one, I just think one it's one thing to remember, down though, the line.
1: In terms of Ubre, and finally this might work in the Wizards' favor. In the last couple of summers it's worked against the Wizards. Uh, you know, the cap is not exploding anymore. And in fact, all the teams, much like the wizards that sort of overspent when it did explode and have a bunch of regret contracts. Um, And there's like, again, the wizards are not the only team with regret contracts. There's a lot of those around the league. Like there's not as much money to throw around at, at free agents. And that might sort of help when it's time to sort of sit down with Kelly's representatives and try to, you know, do something early and or do something if he becomes a restricted free agent, right? Whether it's an extension or then you just have to do a new contract. I'm not sure how they're going to play it. I'm not sure what his side wants. But I think you have a better chance of not necessarily overpaying for him in the future. And depending on how they feel about paying the tax for the rest of their roster, to me, you know, to me, what I've seen, I've seen enough where it's like, unless it's an outrageous demand, you know, you extend that guy, you you resign him, and you roll with it. I've see enough upside and I've seen enough improvement and he seems like he's a dude that actually works pretty hard on his game
0: so let me, let me phrase it then a, a sort of a different way and I don't have but he a, might
1: be also an asset if you're trying to make a move well like that's, that's, he's like the only one to have really. so I
0: feel like right I was gonna say like I feel like when people talk to me about what can the wizards do they still focus on Otto and I'm like well, as good as Otto has looked he's no longer uh, a great' option for another team. He's making a lot of money. Right. This isn't he's not on the cheap. Even no. even if you think he's a guy that you can he's a whatever you want to think of him. You think he's a building block, which that's fine, right. but like he's not cheap. So another team is not going to give you you know, it's not a great asset for them. That's right. So now you have to look to see what else you have. There's actually two that the Wizards have. Oubre is one of them because he's 21, he's still relatively right. cheap. The other one is actually Marquise Morris. I mean, he's on a contract that's right. as we all know is Pretty ridiculously low for a starting power forward. Um, he's got. If you're,
1: a, if you're in win now mode and you need a guy that has what he can bring to the table, yeah, his contract makes him an asset. I mean, it,
0: it, everything is all relative to what else you can get back. I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting you just trade him for one player and then. That, I mean, I guess it depends right. who the players, but I mean, you know, it. Uh, we'll get more into the bench when we get to your uh, some of your more uh, right. harsher comments or thoughts, but the. I'm just saying if you're looking to get more than just what you have, th- those are the two guys I think you can move. Now, of course, the issue is, as I've said before, I think Mark Keefe on some level is the hardest guy in this whole team to replace because they don't have anybody else. Every time right. he leaves the game, you're right. immediately you – either have to go smaller or right. I don't know what you're doing with power forward. He can do help you on both ends. And with Oubre, I mean, he's obviously he, he might be the most athletic guy on the team, right. and he's the only one on the bench where you have any hope for making a massive leap.
1: Right. So also be- also your front court has like no athletics, no youth athleticism at no. all, except for Ubre. Like you need that in the modern NBA. And like also that's where it's going.
0: And he's a good player to have with John Wall. He's able yep. to get up and down the court. Um, he does you know all long arms, all that. All right. So uh, yeah, I do think that's one of those topics. I need to start wrapping my brain up around a little bit more. Okay, if the Wizards are going to actually do something, well, what can they do? We always we all keep saying nothing. Okay, that's not totally true. They do have some things question right. is are these are the things you actually because the obviously they're, they're, we're talking to their top six right so what 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 would that mean what could you get back does it make any sense plus I mean those guys keep for them next year too right um,
1: I mean I mean to me again barring some sort of incredible incredible move you can make for like a super duper star player which again I'm not sure if it's gonna make sense because then you have like what four mass contract level guys they're not unless they're playing to just be like golden State spend like crazy and spend more than Golden State because remember Golden State's four max guys are not all on maxes and their luxury tax bill is going to explode in a year or two so yeah. ours would be even bigger that's probably not sustainable no matter how good the team would be and I'm not sure the ownership wants to pay that and I don't blame it if they don't that's like you know when you're paying 100 plus million and then 100 plus million in luxury tax potentially for repeater penalties no one's going to do that so I think if you can make it work you know you keep Ubre. and um, obviously if you just lose them for nothing, you're not going to be able to replace them or get better. And I, I just think, again, that over the next couple of years, that sort of if your core is Wall, Beal, Otto, Ubre, you know, that's what the modern NBA is. It's versatile wings, two-way wings. Um, and those are four guys that all can do that. And I think that's a pretty, pretty good core. I'm not saying championship, but that's a good core. You can compete. You can fill in around that. Alright, so there we
0: go. Uh, I know right at that moment Patrick wants to, got into some deep thoughts on Bradley Beal, and from there we talked, oh, well, we talked about John Wall's knee situation. We talked a bunch about, um, the future of this team. Uh, we got later into the Jan Mahimi of it all, Tim Frazier, the Boston Celtics, and, uh, you know, really, uh, <laughs> when Patrick and I talk, it tends to be, uh, you know, like, like two dudes laying on the couch trying to figure out, talk, you know, talking to their shrink, trying to figure out what the heck is going on here with this team. The good, the bad, and the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the head hurting stuff. But it's all fun, enjoy it, as I always do, talking with Patrick. So, let me put a cap on this. Like I said, if you want to hear the rest of the conversation, go to patreon.com forward slash Ben Standick. If you're there and you're into college basketball, there's a bunch of college basketball stuff up as well. Uh This week, I talked a lot about Georgetown and George Washington, but plenty more there as well. Some really good interviews already in the can. A couple of coaches, George Mason's Dave Paulson, Mount St. Mary's Jamie and Christian, ESPN 980's Kevin Sheehan talked with me at length about Maryland. uh Rich Votkin, the voice of Georgetown, talking about Georgetown. And so on. So check that out. Patreon.com forward slash Ben Standick. Alright, appreciate it. Hey, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh I guess I didn't already say this, so I guess let me just make sure I say it now. Uh I am not planning on putting up a podcast after the Charlotte game because it's Thanksgiving and I've gotta do some stuff. So we'll just you know we'll just say that. So um but if you if you go to the Patreon.com forward slash Ben Standing. You'll get more wizards. So there's that. All right, cool. Appreciate it, guys. As always, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Have a great holiday. Be safe out there. Until next time. See ya.
1: Everybody gets, the to gets open for three. Dagger. Bob